everybody. I'm Frankie. And I'm Daniel. And this is Propagated Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Are you excited about this episode? I mean, as excited as you can be when you're talking about something super depressing. <laughs> when you suggested it, I was like, oh no, <laughs> we're having another week where I'm going to be nauseous looking up statistics. <laughs> uh, I tried to make sure that I didn't focus too heavy on on being sad. I got, I got a little light at the end of the tunnel. We, we're going we're gonna to close it out with, hopefully. Yeah, goal, for least. sure. I was actually really interested. The more research I did, the more I realized that like, yeah, deforestation and logging is horrible and it's really affecting our climate like a whole lot, but it's actually been getting better, which I think is interesting. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a lot more attention being called to it and that's obviously how things get fixed is when it has the, (laughs) the ability to get some foothold, you know, a little attention in the media and stuff. I think like us as a society are like, eh, we kind of can't continue like this. Like this is not sustainable. So we got to change. We got to protect the trees and save the bees, you know? And it doesn't look like we're making it to Mars anytime soon. So (laughs) (laughs) also who wants to go to Mars? The trees and the fungus are here. (laughs) Um, I found a cool article for you today. I thought you would like this one. So I picked it just for you. I love articles. It is called 70-Year-Old Coffee-Killing Fungus Brought Back to Life to Fight the Disease. Huh? <laughs> it's from Silent Science. It's from Silence Daily. <laughs> Silence! <laughs> it's from Science Daily. And basically, it was really interesting. They, It's... This really cool new form of research that these researchers have all these different kinds of like diseases and fungus in their library of grossness, I guess you would call it. (laughs) But a lot of these coffee plants are affected by this fungus uh, that causes this wilting. And the main ones are Arabica and Robusta, which are some of the world's biggest coffee strains, I guess you would say. And they researched this old form of this fungus that was from the 1920s that still affects plants to this day. But the knowledge kind of helps them figure out how these diseases evolve and become new strains of the same disease, which is really cool. Like some of the things that they found out was that um, like this disease is really similar to the same one in bananas. And in a lot of places, they plant banana trees next to coffee trees because the coffee trees like the shade of bananas. But now they're learning that they should probably separate those two so that the, so disease, the disease doesn't can't mutate. Carry. Yeah, exactly. I really liked this quote in the article. Uh, this was the first author of the study. Her name is Lily Peck. She said, Using ever higher volumes of chemicals and fungicides to fight emerging crop diseases is neither sustainable nor affordable for many growers. If we can instead understand how the new types of diseases evolve, we can give growers the knowledge they need to reduce the risk of new diseases emerging in the first place. Which, like, yeah, fight this shit at the core. Into it. So into that. It it just stands, like, makes so much sense that you would want to nip it in the bud instead of fight it after it's there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Um, But I thought it was just so cool how they reanimated these cryogenically frozen samples. (laughs) 
They, like, what the fuck? Science is yeah. fucking crazy. Yo. Science is crazy. It, um, there were two serious outbreaks of the disease from the 1920s to the 1950s, and then between the 1900s and 2000s, and it still causes damage, apparently. Wait, in between 2000 the 1900s and 2000s? 100 mm-hmm. years? Yeah, but still to this day it causes damage. Apparently in 2011, 55,000 robusta coffee trees were killed by wilt in Tanzania, which destroyed 160 trillion, no, which destroyed 160 tons of coffee in the process, which is about the same as 200, nope, (laughs) 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 which is about the same as 22 million cups of coffee. Okay. I am struggling to read my notes because I used a new font and like my ADHD brain is like, no, no, we can't read this. What is this? It's not right. Stop it. All right. So I'm going to just change it back to the old font. Give me one second. (laughs) I'm using Garamond today. Oh, look at you go. That's a fancy typeface. Okay. So cool. So that's my article. I thought it was pretty cool. It has to do with coffee and fungus, which we both love. Fucking scientists be doing some cool shit out there, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are in science, STEM, <laughs> is that what it is now? <laughs> STEM, science, STEM. technology, engineering, and mechanics. Is that it? It has to be mechanics, right? Math. Anyways, math. we're proud of you. Maybe math. <laughs> math. In- oh, mathematics. It is mathematics. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like engineering and mechanics are practically It's like the same, same thing. Yeah. Well, anyways, shout out to all you STEM people listening. I, also, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, shout out to you guys for knowing way more than us. And anything you say that's wrong, you can tell us. Please so let us know. We won't get mad. <laughs> and if we pronounce things very wrong, please let us know. <laughs> you have to let us know with a sound clip, though. That oh, yeah. tells us the proper way to pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Because Google is not helpful. <laughs> Sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's spot on, and sometimes there's 5,000 different Google pronunciations that you can find, and mm-hmm. none of them are right, so. Yeah. Or maybe all of them are right. You never know. Like, with Latin, who knows? Yeah, like, regionally. Who knows? Well, do you want to get into it? Let's talk and about talk trees. about the depressing state of things and the potential light at the end of the tunnel if people grow up? <laughs> <sighs> let's talk about greenhouse emissions <laughs> <laughs> oh man i didn't even really focus too heavy on that i just focused on the numbers of how much we've lost currently. yeah yeah it was depressing you know I, mean? I think it's important to to mention at the beginning of this that when we're talking about like deforestation and logging you're kind of looking at the difference between you know short-term gain and long-term benefit it's like the short-term gain of cutting down an acre of forest is a lot of money but the long-term benefit of leaving that acre there is way more so it's like yeah so you're looking at like i think a lot of the reason we see all of this disappearing forest is because there's so much short-term gain to be had with no no outlook or insight into the damage that's happening too. Absolutely. If you're the kind of person that looks at a tree and sees a dollar sign though, like you're a different kind of person. <laughs> yeah. So I, I preface that to say that from the year 1990 till 2016, the world had lost 502,000 square miles of forest, that's which a lot. is larger 
than all of South Africa. <laughs> Which is staggering. Yeah. Staggering amount. And another statistic to add on to that one, since humans donned the ability to cut down trees, we've lost 46% of them. Oh, my gosh. And replanted what? Like 3% of that? <laughs> that 46% includes 17% of the rainforest in just the oh last boy. 50 years. Oh, no. So, I'm going to throw those stats at you. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, the reason I mentioned the rainforest is because when you we have we we've all heard of the Paris Agreement, right? The Climate Accord. Mm -hmm. uh, tropical tree cover alone could account for up to twenty three percent of the climate mitigation set forth in the agreement. Wow. So losing that much of the rainforest in the last seven or last 50 years is a huge problem if we want to see the change that we need to see, right? Yeah, I learned today that reforestation and like stopping logging, like if we stopped logging today, it is the most cost effective and the quickest way to just curb global warming. Like we could just like solve it. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely solve it, but it would definitely make a massive, massive right. You you're gonna. I mean, there's gonna have to be some logging to an extent. Sure. Always, yeah. like they can't completely eradicate it. Yeah, and but you there can do it are, sustainably. Yeah, and I think that a lot of a lot of the problem now is that we've become so enmeshed in that rapid turnaround that, mm -hmm. uh, like IKEA furniture mindset where. Oh, gosh. I'm going to cheaply acquire furniture that will only last three years and be done with it forever without yeah. actually thinking about the effect of all of that. And because we become so dependent on that system, we are, it would be next to impossible to just eliminate even 10% of logging because it would have such a massive effect on global markets it would, sure. would crush would crush the system you know yeah but i guess the point i would like to make is that like poverty is one of the main causes of man-made deforestation like i feel like like if we're talking ikea mindset it's more of a systemic moral failing than it is an individual moral failing like if you can only afford ikea furniture because you don't make enough money and you don't have enough resources like that's not your fault no absolutely not yeah. but that is the fault of the sis you're right it's just, it's definitely systemic like it's the fault of what hundreds of years now of capitalistic nature absolutely where the only thing that matters is the bottom line of a corporate entity not mm -hmm. anyone else. So I'm not, I, I, at no point am I trying to victim shame because it is like, if you have to buy cheap furniture, you have to buy cheap furniture. I totally get that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like I kind of want to put all of the like sad deforestation stats. You know how they say like seven companies are worth are like creating most of the greenhouse emissions. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to put I hope all of these are included in that because I feel like a lot of this is directly caused by corporations and greed. Oh, absolutely it is. Um most of our like most climate related issues are directly linked to corporate yep. interests, you know, corporate devices, that mm -hmm. idea of we'll do whatever we want to make sure that we continue making the money that we're making, if not more. Yeah. I mean, you go where your focus is. So if your focus is on improving people's lives and the environment around you, we're, we would live in a different world. But right now, the focus is on making money, which yeah. is, I mean, nothing. Money is imaginary. <laughs> It truly is. Numbers on a screen at this point. <laughs> it's numbers on a screen, exactly. There's nothing backing any of it. It's just it's yeah. just literal numbers on a screen. It's wild. I, re I remember the moment I learned that, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm radicalized, and I'm like seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> they got rid of the gold standard. Our country's gone forever now. <laughs> no, but really, though, like, I just feel like asking yourself, what's the worth of a tree? And like, especially yeah. when you get into old growth forests, which the definition of old growth is any, like it has trees that are more than a 250 years with some trees reaching more than a thousand. And it has these unique ecological features where, you know, it has that undergrowth. It has trees of different ages, which that's a lot of the issues with repopulation of forests is that all the trees are the same age. So you don't have these rich, dynamic ecological mm -hmm. systems. Well, yeah, it ends up cr kind of creating its own, it's not obviously, it's not natural, but its own kind of mon monoculture in a forest. Like, Yeah, exactly. If you're cutting down all of the complexity of a forest in large swaths, you know, only certain things are going to be able to survive in the new environment of an unshaded, open mm -hmm. field to, re to restart, you know? It'll take hundreds of years for some of those plants to come back if they ever do, if any of their seeds mm -hmm. lasted, if they ever have the opportunity to, you know? Yeah, I mean, we know there's how no, delicate rare orchids are. Yeah, there's no telling. There's no telling how many countless hundreds of thousands, if not millions of species we've totally eliminated just cutting down forests without any kind of ecological survey, without any kind of anything to ensure that we're not permanently losing something, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. It's good to see that a lot of laws are being passed around it, though, and like permits are being revoked. That is comforting. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. One thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was kind of cool uh, in relation to making things a little bit better. I was one of my uh, sources today is Nat Geo, mm. but uh, but embedded in that article was uh, this little video that was titled "Can Cell Phones Help Save Rainforests." this tribe hmm. thinks so which i was like okay it's a six minute video i have to watch that because yeah, what the fuck know. are they talking about <laughs> like that's fucking wild i have no idea what they could possibly be talking Cell about phones. but um is it like so activism in, so no 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 I, i'm gonna tell you it's fucking crazy okay. it's not it's definitely not what you think okay, okay so in brazil they're literally using cell phones to tackle illegal logging the way they're doing that is they're recycling old phones, like old 
cell phones that nobody's going to use anymore, mm-hmm. dismantling them and turning them into microphones that still have like uh, antennas to like connect to uh, yeah. a computer center. And they're powering them with these relatively inexpensive solar panels, and they're putting them up in old growth stands of the rainforest that this indigenous tribe lives in. Uh-huh. And so they have essentially this really cool, like, a not it's not really AI based, it's like a smart learning program that collects all the sounds from all the monitors that they put up, and it learns how to differentiate between normal jungle sounds and the sounds of a logging truck or a chainsaw or stuff cool. of that nature. And then by that, it pings it and tells you which microphone picked up that noise. And they have a bunch of rangers that help patrol their area of the rainforest. And they go out and run off the loggers because they know that it's happening. In oh, real my time. God. That's fucking so brilliant. It's so I fucking cool. It's so wild. It's so wild. awesome. Good, good yeah, for y'all. I was watching that video and I was just like. Holy, what the flying fuck is... This is so cool. Hey, you know how they always said capitalism breeds ingenuity? That's how it works. <laughs> right? That would be the way we wish it could all happen. Uh, no, it just breeds ingenu- ingenious resistance. <laughs> mm-hmm. nah, that, but I thought that was really fucking cool. There's That's other. Awesome. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons to think that like things are getting better. You mentioned it earlier. Things are people are trying now at least it's not just a wanton like total free market anymore yeah. to just go log you know there, most think, countries have laws yeah i think one all of us have the internet now so we're more informed mm-hmm. and two like again we're more informed so we know the damage being caused and it causes us to be like wait a minute like this we're destroying the futures for our kids, for ourselves, like for the next couple generations, like we can't do this. We need to change this. None of this is good. And I think especially also like I've been thinking about this a lot that like during the pandemic, we all kind of took this moment to be like, okay, well, what's important? And like, yeah, sure, you have to have money to survive in our society, but it's not what's important to us. What's important to us is like being able to rest being able to look after our loved ones, being able to connect with nature, connect with ourselves, connect with our friends, you know? It was like a international, almost worldwide breather. Everybody got to to breathe deep in their chest for 10 seconds. You know, it wasn't a long time. It didn't change the world in its entirety. You know, I'm trying to to clarify that. Yeah. It's it like it definitely came with its fair share of change, but it's not it's not an instant cure all for all the world's problems is what I meant by that. No. And it's it's like like, this strange silver lining after all of this death and pain and anxiety. But it's also like notable, like it's a big deal that collectively we are all like, wait a minute. No, this is not right. Yeah. Fast food chains are. Slowly about to. I mean, they're facing a staffing crisis like never before. The whole the whole service industry mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty wild thing to think about and to look at, honestly, um, how much change is coming from all of, coming from such a horrible thing that happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like. Hopefully 
fingers crossed people got to go out and hug a tree during the pandemic and realize how much they matter. <laughs> right. I imagine there's less of that than we would like, but some. <laughs> Hi, it's your resident hippie here telling you to... <laughs> oh, this is our ad tree. break. This is our ad break. Hi, it's your resident hippie here. I'm telling you to... Um, I've tried this awesome new product. It's called Hugging a Tree, Touching Some Grass. <laughs> Just do it. It's Getting good. your hands dirty. <laughs> Oh man, I'm trying to find. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So, in Tanzania, the residents of Kokoda have planted more than two million trees on their small island over the oh. last decade, Fuck aiming yeah. to repair previous damage that had been caused. Oh, that's awesome. I thought that was a really cool fun fact, too. Two million. Two million. Two million. That's a lot of trees. Two million. <laughs> two million. Two million. <laughs> that is a lot of trees. I love that. Yeah. And speaking of like indigenous peoples and native peoples, like if we were to give rights back to indigenous and native spe- native peoples and like give them land back, like a lot of the stuff that we fucked up <laughs> would get a they lot would better. They Because I mean, you know, they, yeah. We we just have done a shit. We know job they know. The world. <laughs> we know. We they know, know they know. And like I was thinking about this because I have this side project that won't be done for maybe a year or so, but it's been like cooking on the back burner for a while. Where we want to do this art project to benefit Appalachians against pipelines. Okay. And like you know, pipelines right now are a dying breed. Thankfully, like the Dakota Access, the Keystone, mm-hmm. like they're all getting canceled, which is. Oh, beautiful but one that's still going yeah about fucking time but one that's still going is the mountain valley pipeline which um i don't know if you or our listeners are familiar with the yellow finch tree sitters but this is like when i heard about them my heart grew 10 sizes because this is my favorite act of resistance ever they built these platforms and trees on the route of the mountain valley pipeline And they sat in these trees, like alternating through base camp, like people were in the trees constantly for 932 days. Jesus Christ. Right? And it wasn't until police decided that they were just going to revoke some things and do some things and, you know, evacuate base camp before it was taken down. And so I'm like, you know what? If we just, you know, abolish the police, I know this is going to be really probably wild, but I want to say it like... If we abolished the police and gave land back, like massive changes, especially to deforestation and logging, massive. Oh, because, absolutely. Like, again, we would change our mindset from we need this pipeline to we need these trees. We need these trees. Like we mm-hmm. really do. They're way more important than anything else. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that it's was a, my soapbox. <laughs> I think. I mean, that I I would love to think that that is possible, but I'm gonna be the cynical one in, in all of this and say that <laughs> I I I struggle to see that, that that ever happening. Yeah. At least not in our lifetimes, but maybe something but, massive hey, could change. Ten years ago equal marriage rights was a dream. So That's we're true. moving. We're moving on. That's we're true. moving forward. <laughs> Slow but steady. Slow but steady. It it fucks me up every time I think about it because it's like that's just really it seems like that's something that's been around for forever in my yeah. brain. Totally. Even as a queer person, it like feels like, you know, something that I've always had the opportunity to take advantage of and I just haven't. 
Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about for sure was uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pretty significant existence, I guess would be a word that I could use in helping in the situation. So Indonesia has now reduced deforestation four years in a row, which is awesome. Wow, yeah. There are a lot of factors that go into that, and these affect deforestation all over the place. But in Indonesia specifically, they have had favorable weather, low commodity prices, and implementation of corporate commitments to get deforestation out of the supply chains they use to uh, create, you know, like to like corporate entities are agreeing that they shouldn't be as much of a problem as they are essentially mm-hmm. in Indonesia. Nice. And a lot of this actually came from a very devastating situation in 2015. Indonesia had a lot of fires. Mm. Uh, and that it was then that the Indonesian government kind of redoubled their effort. Mm-hmm. and started expanding their moratoriums on any of, like, forest land or peatlands in Indonesia. The reason I talk about this is because it's significant in the fact that you're seeing these corporations understand that their financial incentives and the international market will also crumble mm-hmm. under the weight of over-logging. Like yeah. taking too much. And obviously the fire had something to do with that. They see all of this forest going away in a very quick amount of time. It kind of helps them to realize just how much money they could lose if there weren't any forests left, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in Indonesia's corporate understanding of this, I think will hopefully on the world stage help other corporate entities understand that if they don't make a concerted effort to improve their practices now, then they won't have practices to improve in 20 years. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, I have a friend. He works, like, he works for a nonprofit that, like, on the surface level is kind of... I don't know. I feel conflicted about it. But then when you really look into it, like he works with companies to basically take their money to create recycling programs locally, which I think is really cool. Like recycling right now as an industry, like if we're talking all about sustainability, like that is a whole thing. We'll probably have an episode on it eventually. Recycling's rough. Recycling is rough. And I mean, talking about now paper products and that sort of thing, like, Anyways, but yeah, like that is a stepping stone because like we are a society run by corporations right now, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so if you can, if we can figure out a way that like isn't destructive, because I think that's the way our U.S. West is going. You know, we talked last week about lawns and lawns are like massive water consumption out there, which is Mm -hmm. causing these huge forest fires which is destroying huge swaths of trees which is you know pretty much yeah. the cycle of destruction that that's we're one thing here. i wanted to to mention too you're saying like i guess the inner like the the connectedness of all of yeah. it you know so Absolutely. i was reading an article by world resources institute and i'm just going to read the paragraph and 
from them exactly, but it says the most ominous signal from the 2020 data is the number and variety of instances in which forests themselves suffered an extreme weather events. In the hmm. Amazon, burning now occurs inside the rainforest <gasps> rather no. than just along the recently felled edges. Really? Even wetlands are burning. Global warming and forest loss conspire to create warmer, drier conditions, which in turn render forests more vulnerable to fire and pest infestation. Subsequent burning and decay leaves more carbon emissions, feeding a vicious cycle. Oh my God, that makes me want to throw up. So it's like literally the the every year that we're not chipping away large numbers against the things that are causing climate change, the less likely we are to reverse it because you're seeing all of this connectedness in all of it just absolutely crushing everything. It's destroying our world, you know? Yeah. Gosh, that's made me teary. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely... That paragraph, that's why I wanted to read it exactly, because that paragraph made my heart, my soul hurt. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. Oh, am I going to cry on the podcast? No, um, I have some rainforest facts, too. Like, the thing about the rainforest, they're estimating that within the next hundred years, if we continue at this rate, we won't have rainforests anymore. And, like, if you're feeling disconnected from that fact, please understand that 20% of the world's oxygen is produced by the Amazon rainforest. Mm -hmm. And rainforests and rainforest cover 6 to 7% of the Earth's surface, but yet they contain over half of all the plant and animal species. Half. What was this exact statistic earlier? Uh, tropical tree cover can account for 23% of the climate mitigation that we need to see and we're actively destroying the chances for something that already exists in established ways we're taking away from its ability to do its job yeah it's fucking so stupid it's just so counterintuitive to me and i don't understand how anyone cannot have a fear for the long-term effects of climate change yeah and it's like, this stuff is irreplaceable. You can't just replant it. It That's not how it works. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Oh, my God. My heart is broken. Okay, tell me something funny. Tell us something funny, Daniel. We need I don't do funny. You're the one with all the puns, Frankie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, no. I got nothing. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a tree pun. I just can't believe these facts. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> There's no humor within me. <laughs> I hated that one. <laughs> Someone congratulated uh, me on my nematode pun, though, on Twitter. So. <laughs> I know you're very, you're very proud of yourself for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, what's we, next? Do we talk? What do we talk about next? I don't know. Solutions? I've used up most of my statistics on the sad parts of things. Oh, I have some fun U.S. facts. Send it. Less than we. Okay, so us in the U.S. We make up less than five percent of the world's population, 
and yet we consume 30% of the world's paper. Yep. That sounds... <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> it just doesn't even... That doesn't... Stuff like... Those facts just don't even surprise me anymore, honestly. I know. I know that's sad, but they just don't. I mean, like, we have no sustainable business practices, really. Like, the laws are not there. Like, that's where really where I think, like, if you're talking about solutions, it really starts with green business and laws. Laws right. and regulations. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how we run as a country. So... Which is just such a slow process, too. It's kind such of disheartening sometimes, the way that it all works. Until then, we'll have people sitting in trees, you know? <laughs> God. Facts. I found out some cool facts about, like, because I was looking into solutions and stuff like that. Did you know that, like, soy is a massive part of deforestation along with um, the meat industry? Soy and soy meat Soy fields? Like, I mean, I knew meat. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't come up with many stats for soy fields. Yeah. I, I, I it surprised me because, you know, I'm basically veggie. I eat meat a couple times in a month, but like that's, ugh, blows my mind. So if you want to do some things that you yourself can help, like obviously, of course, just lobby your representatives, connect with local organizers, that sort of thing. But also like, if you eat a little less meat, a little less soy, really as a society, if your money isn't going to a place, you're not supporting that, it's going to have to die out because, yeah. again, we are a money-driven society. They're going to go where the money is. If the money's not there, they're not going to go there. So, you know, if you reduce your paper consumption, use recycled paper, you plant trees, you do research into what you're buying, again, it's just... It, Little choices like that can really change the world. Man, you know that's all. That's very true. I have a, I had to look up the soy mm -hmm. bit because I just needed yeah. some kind of statistics to like put that into perspective for myself. Go for it. So, um, first of all, num the number one is beef. Beef production mm -hmm. is the top driver of deforestation, and it is more than well, it more than doubles that generated by the production of soil palm oil and wood products which are the uh second third and fourth biggest drivers soy mm -hmm. being number two so between 1990 and 2010 in south america the land used for soy production swelled from 42 million acres roughly the size of washington state to 114 million acres bigger than the entire state of california holy shit what the fuck <laughs> What? We're all like, kind we're going of, veggie. It's better the for the environment. No, it's not. Like, it's oh all God. about sustainability. And now oh I'm going down God. this rabbit hole on this page. So now that there's a growing demand for beef, because more countries are coming or inching their way out of poverty so that you have this increase in development, which in leads to an increase in income which leads to more people above the poverty line which leads to more beef consumption hmm. and then as the demand for beef increases so does the demand for soy interesting <sighs> you know what i can solve it all right now grow your own food people no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i wish that were an option for everyone it, it you isn't know? i mean 
Yeah. I, I do think, though, that, like, when we teach our kids, that's a big one, too. Like, a big solution is education for, like, almost anything that is an issue in our society. Education is a huge part of the solution. And I feel like if we teach kids and we teach people, like, what goes in to the food on your plate yeah. and how much work is put into that. Absolutely. And, like, how important it is that you have a thriving ecosystem. Otherwise, it's just disease and rot. So if you were in British Columbia, my apologies, because a lot of the deforestation facts came from British Columbia in specifically to old growth forests. And like, wow, like a lot. You ready for these facts? I don't in know if past... I am or not, but I guess I have to be. <laughs> in the past 150 years on British Columbia's southern coast, which is Vancouver Island and the southwest mainland, 75% of the original productive old growth forests have already been logged, including 90% of the valley bottoms where the largest trees were growing. Um, you know, 90%. What the fuck? <laughs> I just don't know if I needed my I don't know if I needed to be hurt like that today, Frankie. Oh my God, it just breaks my heart, breaks my brain. And then I just like start thinking about the indigenous people that used to like be the protectors of that land and my heart breaks all over again. Like so fucked up. <sighs> That's just a lot. I don't, I hate it. I hate yeah. talking about this stuff. It's so important to talk about it. The education is so important. But like, I just feel like it's so irrational it makes no sense. It's like lawns. It just makes no fucking sense. To be so invested in the destruction uh -huh. of the world instead of being invested in the improvement of the world. Construction you know, like, I don't of understand. the world. Yeah. I don't understand how your investment is to destruction because all you want to do is accrue so much wealth that your family could not spend it in 10 generations. Why? The fuck do you need that? Oh, Daniel, don't you know we're civilized now? <laughs> Good fucking God. Oh, God. I just want no. to point out for everyone listening, um, this was Daniel's choice of an episode. So if you're currently sobbing on your way to work, you can blame him. <laughs> you can, well, you know what? Lawns was Frankie and they're just it's as true. it's not just as bad, though. It's the same. No, it's, it's, it's they're, the they're, same. They're both it's really different bad. parts of the same issue, really. It's like our modern, quote unquote, modern way of thinking is outdated. Yeah. It's completely outdated. It's destructive. Yeah. It's terrible. It should have never been in the first place. But here we are. We're going to try to fix it one at a time. Come here. Hold my hands. Uh, auditorially. <laughs> I want to buy a house so I can have a knot lawn that looks so cool that all my neighbors hate me. <laughs> Middle fingers in the form of pollinator flowers. Because <laughs> I've seen so many designs. You're talking about the xeriscaping. Oh, beautiful. Gorgeous. And yeah. I like went down a rabbit hole of looking at like pictures of how to do that and like how to make it look cool. Mm -hmm. And realistically, what I want is to find a house with a little stream that can be a focal point, like a naturally mm -hmm. existing stream. I don't want to create mm -hmm. one. I want to find one that has a naturally existing little stream. Mm -hmm. Same. And have like the little riverbank that has all the cute stuff that's native around the sides and then have little stone pathways that are surrounded by natural pollinators. Beautiful. 
Well, remember a couple episodes back where I was talking about starting my cult, aka commune? I mean, this is like gonna, the little stream is going to be the center focal point, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just want, I don't know. I've also been thinking a lot about home ownership lately and how to yeah. make that a real thing because I'm tired of paying rent to yeah, same. an invisible person. I'm tired person. of my stupid fucking landlord that owns 500 units in this tiny ass town. Like, <sighs> it's just frustrating. It's fucking capitalism i swear i reached out to a mortgage lender to sit down with and figure out what i need to do in the next year to be ready yeah my mom and i have been looking for land so that i actually can start my dream of like having my land that i can like cultivate the dirt for the rest of my life and like really put my love into the earth and like <laughs> my number one since last episode was no hoas <laughs> i was well, like no no HOAs. <laughs> My family's trying to sell about, what is it? I think it's like 380 acres in Shelton Laurel. Can I have like four? <laughs> I don't know if they're going to subdivide it. Mm, that's fair. Well, uh, I can't do like 300 acres. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, you just have to build your your community over time. You'll have like oh, 50 fair. houses up there. That's that have like space in between each one. That's true. I know so many friends that are trying to do what I'm trying to do. Um, okay, what else can we talk about? Logging, deforestation. I mean, mostly this episode was just a lot of facts, and it's kind of a short yeah. one. But, like, I feel like everyone is, in the way that they aren't with lawns, everyone's kind of aware of how fucking terrible the yeah. logging and deforestation is in our world right now. Like, You've seen the increase in fires. You've seen the statistics. Like, I learned about this stuff in elementary school. I feel like it's common knowledge at this point. Yeah. And, you know, not every episode has to be ridiculously long. This was an episode meant to get a point across that, you know, if you're listening and maybe you weren't as aware of all the staggering amount of statistics and how wildly gross they are now you are and welcome to the sad world of <laughs> existing in a place that cares more about money than anything else yeah but together we're gonna change it and so we're really glad we have our community yeah truly thanks for being truly. here y'all thanks for feeling our feelings with us <laughs> you're the some of the only people that get it and no, i'm just kidding yeah there are a lot of people out there we just gotta it's it's just hard to just gotta get that community running up and running together you know yeah but really, though, like that's the most important thing I think that I've learned from researching activists and environmentalists is that one person really can make a difference. Like all of us together really do make a difference and we can make changes to the world. We can ask ourselves, why are we doing this and do we want to continue doing this? Like yeah. we create the world around us. You can only do as much as you can do. And we're all trying to do the most, I feel like, to make our situation as good as we can. <sighs> yes. I'm glad we left off on a hopeful note. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, moral of the story, hug a tree today. <laughs> hug a tree and make sure nobody cuts it down. Yeah, plant a tree. Take your Train kids yourself out, to it. plant some trees. It'll be great. It doesn't have to be Earth Day for you to plant a tree. No. Ugh. So, Daniel, where can you find us on the internet? You know, it's actually really simple. If you just hop on over to propagatedpodcast.com, it's going to give you all the necessary links to find us on any of our social medias. 
any of the social medias you would normally interact with. That includes Twitter, Instagram, um, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Our email is on there. Uh, also... Ways to support us. We have a brand new, super exciting. We did it for our birthday. We just had our one year podcast anniversary birthday. Beep, 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 Look beep. at us go. Um, Daniel set up this awesome Kofi coffee. I don't know how to say it. It's K-O-F-I. And you can do one-time donations through that. Which I think it's like in the step of like $3. So if you want to support the show, you just want to do it once. You want a great, you know, heart, heart emoji thank you from us <laughs> just head on <laughs> over to our website and also you could become a patreon we have some awesome tiers and we're just about to record a new patreon episode we've got some fun stuff over there you'll get some stickers you'll get some love we love our plant zaddies and we actually have a new plant zaddy to shout out this week she is our dear friend, the drunk phytologist, friend of the pod. We actually got to go on her stream to talk about, what did we talk about? We talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about lawns. We talked about mushrooms. Um, mushrooms. Talked about all kinds. I don't, I don't know that there was actually a specific goal. It, was like, yeah. it wasn't like a we topic we had. We were just chatting. Yeah, drinking and plant chatting are favorite things to do. So check out the drunk phytologists. We love you. Thank you for joining us on Patreon. Um... Uh, maybe we'll go back on their show again and maybe we can have them on ours. So. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. All right. So thank you to everybody who supports our show. You make this possible. Thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed us on a place you can do that. And we just, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Much love. Talk to you soon. We'll not See really talk. Well, we'll talk at you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.